everyone, welcome back to the Metalheads podcast and today is episode 10, finally, sorry for the delay, but it is the first of a few episodes called Musician Mindsets where I'm going to be finding some metal musicians, figuring out how they got into metal and what it takes to be a metal musician. Today's guest, I'm very excited, is the one and only Mr. Kieran Scott vocalist of Death Collector and Ashen Crown. He's a lovely guy. This has been a long time coming and uh, I hope you enjoy. So like, share, comment, all that good stuff and please have a great day. Well, welcome to the Metalheads podcast, Mr. Kieran Scott. Oh my god, I'm here. Hello. It's been a long time coming, right? It has. Like, I'm a fangirl. I'll put it that way. Well, I'm a fan of your work too, so it's appreciation time, you know? Oh, well, that's very sweet. Thank you very much. So, for the people out there, let's face it, there won't be many who don't know who you are. Give me a little, who who are you? What do you do? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen my memes obju- obnoxiously all over the internet, you probably know one of my band posts. So, I'm the vocalist of uh, Death Collector and Ash and Crown. I have also have a project called Grimort. I'm also a graphic designer, video de- maker, kind of all-around jack-of-all-trades. I wouldn't call you a jack of all trades. I think the stuff that you do, you do very well. Well, I get better and better until I then eventually find another thing to add to the list of stuff. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's just life, isn't it? Like grab every opportunity you can. That's my, that's kind of my entire ethos is just, I'm very tenacious. Like I, I will never give up. I don't care what anyone does and says or thinks. I just keep doing it for me and, and, uh, I just after a while people learn to appreciate that at first they're normally like oh this guy never shuts up and I'm like yeah because <laughs> I'm in this to win it kind of thing you know I'm in it to to strive to succeed to you know make my dreams come true so you know absolutely <clears throat> and I think that's the only mindset to have really it's just to well yeah I think so but, get on with know, it yeah because we're in we're in a very competitive industry mm. You know, even from your standpoint as a journalist sort of aspect, it's so competitive. So, like, you've got competitive journalism, you've got competitive musicians, competitive personalities. Like, people have their entire personality as their brand, you know. Like, we'll use you for a good example, actually. You know, the death metal mum. You've become synonymous. That's it. You are just renowned. Whenever, whenever the conversation comes up, be like, oh, yeah, um, my friend Faye on, on Twitter, they go, oh, death metal mum, yeah. And I'm like, yeah <laughs> oh that's cool <laughs> yeah i just go yeah uh, yeah but no yeah. But you are you, you are becoming quite respected and acknowledged throughout especially the death metal scene like it, it's, it's pretty cool oh well i appreciate the feedback thank you very much of course that's awesome so we'll start off with how did you get into metal music oh god it's a good job this is a podcast <laughs> so <laughs> Right, so this is fun. So um, I was, wasn't was really into metal when I was younger. It's not because I didn't like it. It was because I didn't know it. I didn't okay. understand it. I wasn't really, it wasn't in my um, kind of vicinity. So when I was young, uh, about, let's say, uh, about from seven till about 12 was probably my kind of like formulative years musically. But in that point, I, I had no interest in music at the time. I, like I'd listened to it. So like, I grew up with like uh, Meatloaf and things like that, you know, like rock kind of things, bit, a bit of Black Sabbath, 
um, you know, uh, like you know, Fleetwood Mac, uh, just all you know, all that kind of thing. Some goth stuff as well. So like the Cure. Uh, my parents were well. My mum specifically was really into that kind of stuff. So that was my first kind of introduction to music that isn't pop, pop music. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so my first like band I really got into was Gorillas of all bands, which is the weirdest one. See, I like the first album I heard it. I went, "Huh." I mean, like I've heard music, but I never listened. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. yeah. I was like. I like this. This is cool. This is oh, the gorillas cool. are great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and but uh, not so much now. But <laughs> like you know, their songs were interesting. They were saying things. They were they were different. So that caught my interest. And that it's kind of started all from there. Oddly, so mm-hmm. you can quote me on that. <laughs> my uh, <laughs> my death metal journey started at gorillas. <laughs> gorillas. But I I love their music videos as well. They were doing something much different than everyone else. And they had a lot of like branding and characters and things. It was very entertaining. Um. So that's how I kind of first, like, like I say, like, really started taking notice. I mean, as I said, I had all these influences before. Um, and so it kind of went from there. And then, then I started, like, getting into more heavier stuff. And my friends were really into some heavy stuff. Um, and they were, like, trying to introduce me to it. And I was a bit like, I'm not really sure, you know. And then I kind of, then, I, then I got into, like, the new metal phase. You know what I mean? So, mm. And I, because I didn't know what anything was, uh, you know, the more niche stuff was more alien at that point. So I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. So like, you know, things like Static X, Slipknot, Corn, you know, the classics. Um, I got into those, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then I found Demo Gear, and I was like, oh, this is cool. I like the whole theatrics. And then my, I got my friend um, uh, Gajira Terra Incognita for his birthday. Because I didn't really know much about Gajira and he was really into them. And me and my mate were like, oh, we'll buy it and stuff like that. Um, and so we bought it for him. And that's where my world changed. From that album onwards, I went, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> and then it Gajira, just, just class. That's just amazing. Like, that album, Terran Kinita, I, 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 a lot of people struggle with it, especially like the more kind of protective death metal fans. Gajira, Terran Kinita is one of the best death metal records ever released. <laughs> i'd have to agree with that it's so good like it's heavy the guitar tone it's diy i mean they did it all themselves like Mm. from scratch you know so i have so much respect for them but i have very fond memories of that album specifically because that's when you know i'm I'm with my mates and we're we're smoking things we shouldn't be smoking and we're having a good time and you know and listening to you know alice in chains and gajira tool you know all the very applicable things for that for that type of mindset Mm. and and that that, then that kind of just started to like explore the different kinds of music so me and my friends would share and we'd expand from there and it got you know and then we uh, what was it uh we played um it was guitar hero and we discovered at the uh, at the gates that i didn't know what at the gates was really like i I, my mate was into him i was like i don't know and then i heard slaughter of the soul blind and and then blinded by fear i was like Mind alone. <laughs> yeah, literally. I was just yeah. like, how old is this? And they were like, oh, yeah, it's from like years and years ago. I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and that's kind of how my, my journey just kept going further. And then uh, my biggest awakening bands, apart from Gajira, was Cattle Decapitation. It's been around for a long time. And when I discovered Cattle, it was like a light went. I went, I want to do this. I want to do this. Like, I heard I heard Travis's vocal. Uh, it was the um, Monolith in Humanity album, and it's dead set on suicide. Now, 
that song is the heaviest song I've ever heard. <laughs> it still is. Like the that bit where the guy's hanging himself, like uh, in the song, and you're like, wow. <laughs> like what? And then it just hits in with this heavy, like fucking shredding, like tremoloed section, and just blasting on that one. Oh, it's, oh. <laughs> so that was that moment I went. Oh yeah, I want to do that. Yeah, I want to do that. And then I started trying to learn. Um, and so I, again, so this was like I was what I'm 31 now. So this was uh, about eight, nine years ago. So I was get I got into this quite late, like late compared to most people. Um, and so I was just like, right, well, fuck, I need to do this. Like, how do I do this? No. So I was like, so everyone's got mates that are in metalheads, and my mate was Dan. Um, he was playing the guitar in a band called uh, Mad Spanner uh, briefly. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, Mad Spanners. Mad Spanner, yeah. What a name. I will show you Mad Spanner. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it, it's um, Imagine the most talented musician you've ever seen. Right. Like, ever. And he can play guitar, bass, drums, like, incredibly well. He's like progressive grindcore. I can't really describe it. But progressive grind wow but it's punk it's so punk everything it's just like all the songs are kind of silly some somewhat and then this is like some deep existential like mm -hmm. themes into it. it it's phenomenal music but it's got a new album okay. coming out soon but i digress more about me now anyway <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so uh and then I, so i said to dan i was like dan let's start a band you know let's fucking do it and after <laughs> You have to not judge me, right? So our first band was a. Uh, I, I come up with a name, so it's Fallacy of Faith. It's not a bad name. It's 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 what it says on the tin. It was kind of black metal-ish with the death metal tinge. So imagine like Cold World, the band, the atmospheric black metal band Cold World, yeah. mixed with Cal Decapitation. That's kind of what we were trying to do without the ability to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. At the time, I was learning how to do vocals and not knowing what the fuck I was doing, no previous experience, and I didn't really know anybody like in the scene at all. Like I had no contacts. I had no, oh, I know this guy who's in a band. I didn't know anyone. So I started from the ground up, and the only people I knew were kind of in my friend circle at the time were like deathcore musicians mm -hmm. or that kind of thing. So I, I spoke to one of them. I was like, how do you do vocals? I'm ignorant as shit, you know, sort of thing. And they were like, oh, right, you've got to do this, this, and this. Turns out they were wrong completely. Like, oh, my God. But the point is, is that it got me on my journey. So, like, they were just like, oh, you need to do this. And it's like inhales. And I'm like, no, no. And I and then I realized when it was hurting, I was like, I can't be right. And I started get, doing some research. And mm -hmm. and then I found Melissa Cross. Is it Melissa Cross? Yes, her name, yeah. Um, and, like, the vocal institute sort of stuff and then i started researching that and then looking at some youtube videos and then i started practicing and and i've actually derived my own sound by deliberately not doing what everyone else did i i, I found a thing that i do comfortably um that sounds i would say unique to me I, my, my friends say it me a lot they're like they go i always know it's you because you don't sound like anyone else oh, i would agree with that like if i, I listen to yeah. um well any of your bands i know it's i know it's your vocals 100 percent. right so this mm -hmm. is what i because that's what i kind of wanted i've worked really really hard for about eight years to focus on make sure that my enunciation is is and you know is correct like i am saying the words i could easily go brutal i've got the range to do it it's just it doesn't it's not me 
I, I need to say it. Like, I like that's what I like about your vocal style because it's still it's fucking disgusting in like the best way and it's it's evil, but I can hear what you're saying. Yeah. Like that, like ninety percent of the time I know what you're saying. And yeah, that's and quite rare with death metal. To a trained ear. <laughs> I think well, yeah, any, to a trained ear, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But like, so th this is one thing. I listen to a lot of death metal and I go, I, I love it, but I can't understand a word he's saying. Mm. And that's one thing that I've started to like more and more about like uh, metal and death metal specifically is that it's become more focusing on enunciations and cl clarity and being able to understand what the words are. Because yeah. What we've discovered after like 30 years of just disgusting noises, everyone's gone, all right, yeah, but can we have some more substance? You know, yeah. Even Cannibal Corpse, like even the even the vocal has become more clear. Like he's way more clear than he used to be. Could be production, but you know, better <laughs> better microphones, better audio quality. Anyway, I digress. So, and then I started doing vocals and, and learning from there. Do a lot of research, and then I I crafted my own sound, as I said. So, the sound that I have attained, it's if you for the technical nerds out there that are listening. So it's a false chord technique. But I use uh, like a bit of fry, and then I I, I lower the guttural at the end of it. <laughs> so so I'll go so like the technique is a fry, so is a is a false chord. So that's a very typical vocal style. You'll hear that like most bands do that. So Lamb of God, Ginger, things like that. That's a false chord vocal. But then I just use the 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 low end of the guttural to kind of create the inflection on it it's weird it's a hybrid vocal it, it's a strange one like did you give us a tiny little demonstration yeah so a fry vocal um so sorry a false chord vocal is more like <laughs> that kind of thing right it takes no mm -hmm. effort it's just i'm using the false chords at the back there and airflow there's no work here so i go from the 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 to the right so that's mm -hmm. that's where i'm putting the guttural in a bit there just right at the end of it so it's got that kind of just gnarly kind of gargliness mm -hmm. um and then so with the fry aspects as well that comes more in the kind of uh like so a fry is like Yow! right so i don't i'm not going to scream down the microphone you'll be like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> my neighbors yeah. were like what the fuck is she doing <laughs> yeah yeah it'd be too loud but the point is to so say that the fry vote because i'm very intimate to the microphone right now it's normal to hear that but yeah, so so then I I used I utilized that as well, like put the fry in. So, uh, and you'll hear you probably heard it in uh the title track, the first thing. Mm -hmm. So that's like a yell slash fry with a little false chord in it. So I like to manipulate and hybrid them. Yeah. Uh, I think that's weird. I think other bands do it as well. Other other vocalists do it well, but for doing it on the guttural aspect. So obviously in in the Death Toll album. It's more gutturalic than it would be in Ash and Crown's material. So, okay, yeah. So Ash and Crown would be far more false chord and fries. Some gutturals when it's relevant. Talking of your new album, yes. Would you like to tell us? I mean, I've heard it. I'm a big fan. You know that already. But for I people listening, what's it called? When's it coming out? Where can they get it? Yeah. So the album is our debut album. It's called Death's Toll. Uh, it will be out on the 23rd of June worldwide, physical and digital. Um, it's for everybody to enjoy. Um, if you, if anyone wants to support us, we absolutely are grateful for that. But it helps us and enables us to tour way more easily and go around the world potentially. So, Please buy their stuff because I want them to come <laughs> to Denmark. 
yeah, we would love to play Denmark. Come, it'd be amazing. But yeah, your social media pages. Where can people find you? Oh, you know, come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're, yeah, we're everywhere. Literally, every plat. I've made sure we're on every platform. Be it even TikTok. I know. I know. All wow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a tool. You got to use it. If you don't use it, you're missing out. That's true. But yeah, yeah Death Collector, you're on yeah, Instagram, Twitter, yep. everything. Everything. You, everything. You yeah, we have a literal every streaming service, every social media apart from MySpace. Apart from MySpace. <laughs> that's old school. <laughs> I mean, we could do it on MySpace. You know, I'm much more. Uh, that's what I need is more things to do. <laughs> you need more social media to manage. Obviously. <laughs> but yeah, so you can find us absolutely everywhere. Like everything that you name, we're on there apart from anything too crazy. And you guys got just got signed to Prosthetic. Congratulations for that, by the way. Yeah, so that's been a bit of a wild ride. I'm actually allowed to talk about it now. So I've been sitting on that for like seven, eight months. No, fuck yeah, since like last year. <laughs> yeah. After the EP. Oh, yeah, it's after the EP drop. But yeah, how that came about is pretty crazy. So you'd think it's some kind of crazy story of just like knowing the right people uh, or some form of nepotistic like you know in like inbred metal society stuff mm. no <laughs> it was far more simple uh it was thanks to you <laughs> really yeah i told you this like so well part mostly we'll give you about 80 percent credit oh so, well, tell me tell me so so basically um so their scout at the time basically uh you tagged prosthetic records in our post that we put I did. It's because I knew they'd be great. They'd be a good match. That's yeah, why. Yeah. And so they obviously heeded your recommendation, checked us out, listened to the EP, and then offered us the album deal. So oh, we, shit. That's I've, amazing. I've been, waiting to, I've been waiting to tell you this. So I thought I'd save it for this. And so we are very grateful to you for helping us get that exposure. They could have found us another way, but I am fairly confident that was because of you. <laughs> so. Oh, that's so cool. So you can feel some pride being known that you've helped us out in a way probably more than most could. And that's why we're specifically very grateful to you for that. Oh, I'm getting a little bit emotional. Yeah, if you ever I love why that. you're getting preferential treatment, it's probably why. It's like, <laughs> we really like you. You're like, they're nice guys. I'm like, no, you really helped us, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm like, everyone talks to me. I'm like, they're just super nice. <laughs> like, they always <laughs> respond to me. They always send me stuff. Like, they're super nice people. <laughs> Yeah, I was waiting for you to figure out why. Because I was saying, like, do you not remember that post that you that you tagged them in? Like, but yeah. So honestly, you've got a fair amount of credit for that one. So obviously, they like the music, great. And but that was probably the best moment for us. It was like they didn't know who we are. We didn't go to them. They just listened to the EP, then emailed us, and then uh, they had a chat with us and found out who's in the band and what and when. And they were like, oh shit, <laughs> like yeah. Cool. They're like, wow, all right, sweet, yeah. So then they offered us a three-album deal. Um, so that's uh, yeah, pretty crazy. Like, so that's awesome. Yeah. I'm smart. I wish people could see how much I'm smiling right now. Yeah, I know. This is why you have to do a video version. You yeah, have to get me back on again for that for that when that comes a thing. But you know, honestly, like we're very grateful for that. Like it's crazy. I mean, obviously as well, it, there was many other factors to it. So it's not just the music. Music can be fantastic, but if we don't have the following. Or the or the, the murmuring, the talking, the underground support. Uh, that we I don't think that would have been the case. So they looked at our Spotify and we had like and streaming accounts and stuff, and they saw we had like 
a lot of streams and that was thanks to a lot of pr that i did myself and with my uh, friend dan for from dc sound attacks he helped out with some of the reviews for the ep and uh, and then i went on promo town so i got a lot of experience in that but i think that was a factor as well and yeah. all the people supporting us as well like so people who were posting about us in various forums and tagging us and stuff you know like we're, we're i'm always grateful for that because it when you're a new band you have to fight through everyone else like and it's 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 difficult so having people supporting you is pretty crazy i think and the amount i'll tell you what death collector fans are weird right and i appreciate you all i do but you are feverant <laughs> i was like I, I mean it's pretty good but like you guys really like this <laughs> like yeah and I, I i i mean i get it i love death metal and i'm like yeah that's good death metal and ever but i'm critical right because i'm in it Mm. so uh, we, you know we, we don't think it's the best thing ever we're just like it's all right we've got some improvements to do on the next albums and stuff like that and everyone else is like it's amazing i wouldn't change it and i'm like i would change everything <laughs> i just you think know. you've already made a style for yourselves i mean i remember i reviewed your ep when it came out and um yeah and you do so much like promotion i i've never seen it's well it's rare that i see a band that were unsigned at that point doing so much of self-promotion like I saw you everywhere like you must have been working hard yeah <laughs> yeah because I saw your stuff everywhere all over social media mm. you know and so it was only a matter yeah. of time before someone noticed you well that's that's the plan is you've got to push yourself above everyone else you've got mm -hmm. to claw and your way through be so, consistent um, yeah but well the one thing that I am is I am consistent and I'm genuine as well. Like, I actually like music. It's why I do this. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a very... This is a conversation that will cause some debate. <laughs> See, I, in my opinion, my words only, everyone, my opinion is there's two reasons people are in a band or do music generally. One, they do it for the verification of others, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. The other side, which is me, is I do it for my own artistic expression and my... My, my love for music mm -hmm. generally it's not even a relevant it's not relevant just to metal it's anything so like so again that's just me guys <laughs> <laughs> I mean, disclaimer probably, everyone's got their own reasons but like i find that's the fundamental reason is that you want to be seen and heard or you just want to express yourself or both sometimes so I, what kind of person do you think it takes to be a metal musician specifically I, I, I think it's got to be, see, it's difficult because you can make it in many aspects in different ways in regards to make it, you know what I mean? Like get notice and notoriety. You can do it through memes, which I did with Ash and Crown, which was a bad idea because it's all you're remembered for. <laughs> you do make amazing memes. I I've just want to stop, say that. I've had to stop making them because I was just the meme guy and I get it. It's funny and, and you know, own own what you do, but the same point is that when I can't be like in a serious death metal band with the, one of the legends of death metal and be stilly and memey, it won't work. It will just be strange. People are like, what is this band? Like, you know what yeah. I mean? So I had to I be like, that. right, I'm going to take myself seriously and I'm going to take the band more seriously. It's not like I don't take Ash and Crown seriously. It's just too late. <laughs> yeah, that ship has sailed. Yeah, it's just like, oh. So we are clawing away some, you know, respectfully over mm -hmm. time but it it made the people not take it seriously so i've learned that that's one way you can do it but there is a double-edged sword to it 
to be a, to be a musician, I think it takes tenacity at the most. You've got to be tenacious. You like I am. I think I'm the most tenacious person I've ever met. <laughs> There's more people. There is, you know, like Devin Townsend, incredibly tenacious, like like musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, he never stops, and I, I relate to that. I'm that kind of must do the work. Why do I do it? Because I love it. So I find mm-hmm. if you love it and you're tenacious and you are not fear and you don't fear ridicule and you don't fear rejection, I think that is key elements being in in the metal specifically because metal is anti-establishment by nature it's anti mm-hmm. you know it's it's I it's rebellion say, i wouldn't say counterculture because metal's kind of mainstream now i suppose in some form but some of it is you know some of it to isn't. this day now people are still just like oh metal oh this is scary oh it's like what <laughs> yeah i can't what? understand what they're saying well, sure. don't I've listen. I've never heard about metalheads stabbing each other, but okay, cool. Um, exactly. <laughs> you know, well, Vargvikness, but you know, it's one of these things. It's uh, it's like it's not a thing, and we're actually quite pleasant most of the time. Like, apart from when we're arguing about subgenres, you know, like we tend to be nice people overall. Because I think, again, this is my words. I think metalheads are usually nicer because they've suffered, right? And I think anyone who goes through suffering has two fundamental choices. Now, this has a political aspect to it, but I'll get to that in a second. And the two fundamental choices is that you try to stop anyone else experiencing that suffering or you project that suffering upon others because you want them to feel exactly how you felt. Because mm-hmm. that somehow that validates, gives you validity to your experience. See, I think that, and then and then you combine that with left and right wing mentality, and now you can pretty much put together which one I'm talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what I find is that most metalheads tend to be very emotionally caring or guarded or, or traumatized, I've discovered. And yeah, I would agree of that, with that. Yeah, and because of that, it, normal music doesn't relate to us. It yeah. doesn't resonate. We need something that is visceral, uh, emotional, moving, uh, speaks to the primal aspects of our humanity and doesn't dumb us down in this kind of lull of 4-4 basic beat over and over again you know those things are nice but they don't yeah. speak to you you know exactly but how do you as a metal vocalist convey uh emotion when you do when you perform mostly i'll say live i'd say in that regard it would be i am very i don't have a persona so whatever i do and act and perform on stage is just literally who i am there's no like i'm on stage kieran and this is off stage kieran i'm just as goofy on stage as i am off it Mm -hmm. it's which is double-edged sword sometimes because it's like you know a lot of people care about stagecraft where i couldn't give a shit like you know as long as they sound good i don't care (laughs) (laughs) if you go see alice cooper and it's boring then that's different but you know if it's a death metal band i don't care if they're like really interesting and got very quirky things to say you know i just play the riffs bro (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those things like people go to shows for different reasons like so you know you'd go to see uh combi christ right good example combi christ they're industrial ebm Mm -hmm. bang from like back in the day that's still going now they're fucking still great um and like one of the best frontman ever is andy the vocalist brilliant frontman like he's Still, 20 years later, he's still just as humble, just as nice, just as intense. He's, you know, he's stage, state owns the stage. And that's impressive. Very impressive. Because uh, his vocal is good, but it's it's what it is. So he makes up for 
you know, his very one-dimensional vocal, which it is, it's fine, um, with his presence and moving around the stage and getting interacting with people, grab, mm -hmm. you know, and he's very captivating. And then you've got bands that just like, you know, who just stand there, <laughs> right? Who are equally just as good. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? But in a different way, so. I would say Undeath is a bit like that. I went Undeath. to see them in are, London. Are they, are they quite still? They're still, but I mean, Alex, he moves around the stage and he's up in like, he's up in the crowd and stuff, but they're not a visual band in any way. Like yeah, they're just there yeah, with yeah. their instruments. It's death metal. And he's, he's smiling. He's like the smiliest metal guy I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. They just put out these like really happy vibes. Which is kind of kind of juxtaposition, I suppose. You know, you've got Undeath with that brutal logo, and all their albums are like brutal. Yeah. And, and his and, and he's singing just, about like yeah all this nasty shit, and then he's up on stage like. <laughs> That's the problem I've got as well. Like, see, we play live with Death Collector soon. I'll talk about that in a bit, but I'm just gonna be like, like oh, how you doing, guys? You know, fist bump, pimp, pimp. I'm like, I'm terrible. That's so that. nice. It's nice, but you kind of people want to come to see death metal to like. <laughs> you know not... but your vocals do that like yeah, the vocals do it and then in between songs if you're just a nice person it, it makes us feel a bit more relaxed as well if you're not some like we're not thinking you're like some oh, aggressive God, yeah. psychopath do you know what i mean yeah yeah i don't want to be standoffish with the crowd you know yeah like, because we like we Benton, paid money you know? to be here like don't be a dick <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because like Glenn Benton from Deicide, he's got this reputation for being like a standoff with the crowd, and mm. people come to see that because they find it fun. But yeah, he, I guess some people like that. He still means it though, so it's like, why are you supporting that? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. he hates you. <laughs> Fuck off, die! <laughs> but then I think that's kind of what the spirit of being a metal musician is. It's what you get out of it, what you want from it, isn't it? Mm. So. In regards to your earlier question, we got a bit of the sidetrack, but yeah, so it's t I would say like tenacity and 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 not being afraid of criticism, not being afraid of um, you know rejection and things like that, because I think that's fundamental. You've got to obnoxiously push your shit out. You have to, unless you like, I've got a lot of money and have to skip that part, which I've not had the privilege to do that yet. <laughs> you know, so if you've got like 10 grand sitting in your fucking bank, you don't have to do all that. And you could just skip the queue, which is what mm. I call it. Queue jumping, which is where the, you don't work from the ground up. You have to, you just go. Whoop. Yeah. So with, with death collector and with the conversation we all had together was we want to start from the bottom, do it ourselves, see where we go after there. And I'm glad we did that. We could have easily pulled every favor out the fucking book between mm -hmm. all of us, like the connections we've got. Um, so we said, let's do an EP, do it all ourselves, see how well it's received, and then see what our options are. Maybe do a bit of shopping. We were actually planning on doing the next album ourselves, and then potentially, hopefully, getting like label um, representation. But you know, mm. you saw to that, didn't you? So <laughs> just like fuck these guys. I, like, oh, I am totally going to take credit for that. By the way, you can. Yeah, if anyone you can ask? You could, anyone ask? Yeah, tell them. Be like, I'm like, like, ask Kieran. He he said it. It's because of me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But but yeah, so it's it's one of those things. But being a metal musician in these days has become strange, I think, because imagine right, okay, now imagine you are fourteen, fifteen year old, and you're watching all of these bands. So you got Sleep Token, you know, uh, Behemoth, Watain, Mayhem, who's still going as well. You know, all these legendary names, Emperor, 
Uh, you got fucking Lorna Shaw, you know, uh, all these big bands, huge influential, massively influential, massive. What? How intimidating is that? For like, imagine like picking a kind of like lane because you can't listen to mm. all of it. Well, I can, but because I'm crazy and apparently I just don't like to have fun. <laughs> you know, like some people just pick their lane and stick to it because there's so much and it's overwhelming. It's, it's yeah. so overwhelming. And like, so things that are more digestible and accessible, like say more like the deathcore genre and stuff, it, nothing wrong with it. It's just more digestible. It's more understandably mm. good. It's good. It's equally good, but more digestibly. Yeah. So like you'd listen to Bloodbath, like their latest album is amazing. Some people were like, it's boring. And I just think that's mad because I listened to it when I think it sounded great. What? what? Mm-hmm. Obituary's new album, Obituary, sounded fantastic to me. I loved it. it. Why? Because it was simple. It was straight to the point. It was groovy. It was, it was very uniquely Obituary and I liked yeah. that. But imagine you were a new person, 14 years old, listening to Obituary for the first time. You'd go, what is this? But then experienced metalhead listen to it and just be like, oh, boring, mid. <laughs> my Amazing. my friend has a teenager who's been getting into metal and their first metal band was Lorna Shaw. Imagine that like yeah. impact. Because they're like, yeah, yeah. I struggle to listen to them if I'm honest. Like they're super talented. Like it's just for my brain, it's too much. I can't listen to a whole album. So yeah, imagine that being your first experience of metal and then listening <laughs> yeah. to all these other metal genres. That must be exactly. like, oh, yawn yeah because it's it's uh, again i'm gonna get hate for, i'm gonna get shit for this that this is the thing with deathcore is it i find it to be like the marvel of metal like it's really well made it's very well presented it sounds good but it it lacks depth yeah like you said there's nothing wrong with the genre like yeah. it's good and they're talented and all that but i just personally some i like some deathcore stuff but lorna shaw nice. specifically doesn't do much for me but again it's it's more of like a if you've never heard anything like that before it blow your brain out but the thing is i've been listening to you know like so many bands for so long i'll go yeah they just sound like infant annihilator but not as good mm. that's every time i hear them i go it's just it's poor man's infant annihilator but slower and simpler you know and that's that's how it is to me i, I kind of see the comparison i, I did like Lorna shaw's last album they released I thought it was good. I think I, elements of it I really liked. I liked the symphonic elements that were throwing in. They didn't go all in on it, though. That's the problem, is that I find when you add something to your mix, you kind of have to embody it. So, for example, a deathcore example, uh, uh, Mental Cruelty. Their, their new songs they've released, I'm not sure if you've heard it, it's just black metal Okay. a deathcore breakdown. And I'm like, why this is phenomenal like it, mm. it's so heavy <laughs> mm-hmm. so imagine you've got stunning like really well orchestrated black metal that i would the elitists will hate it you know oh god black metal elitists will hate it but it sounds just as good just as good as anything emperor has ever done sorry <laughs> well i'm intrigued exactly and i listened to it and i went oh this is good and then when that breakdown hit in, it was 10 times more effective because they went all in on that sound mm-hmm. and they did it properly. Like they they listened to it, they researched it, they know it, or they like it themselves already. And then they went, no, let's not let's not pander to what everyone else is doing. Let's just do the actual black metal. And that's, in my opinion, it shows a level of understanding and depth, which then leveled up that music for me. So now I would like to play a little game with you. Oh, God. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> no, your response is meant to be, 
Yay! Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I play this with all my guests, and it's called Gift or Curse. So I'm going to name five things. We'll do it one at a time. And you have to decide whether those things are a gift for the world or a curse upon the world. Okay. Okay? <laughs> this is unique. Yeah. Like me. It's... <laughs> yeah, fair, fair point. Right? So we'll start off easy. Number one, Uber. Gift or curse? Uh, gift. I would agree with that. I, I'm an avid Uber user. Uber took the power out of um, like kind of money grubbing hungry companies and brought it to the people, mm -hmm. powered by the people. It's yeah. actually communism manifest in a way. <laughs> it also shows that uh, we could actually work within ourselves without any governing uh, bodies uh, and structuring rules. Mm -hmm. The more you know. <laughs> the Uber a gift. Yeah, I'd say so. The, look at what changed. Since Uber started, uh, prices for taxis went down. Mm-hmm that's true so number two something quite controversial on the internet and mr okay. daz daz shall perish oh the debates i've had with him about this okay pineapple on pizza yes or no gift or curse yeah, i feel like if i answer this i'm going to cause a riot you will because if you don't match what i think like we're shutting this down <laughs> right now but i'm just yeah okay right so as a person that's been to Italy and America, right, who's eaten pizza in both of those places, mm -hmm. I have had pineapple on pizza. It's fine. Like, I don't hate it. I went, yeah, it's all right. Because you can actually get pizzas that have various things on them that are not what we would call traditional. What we call traditional are actually stereotyped by the media. See. D dessert pizza is normal, so if you can have a dessert pizza, you surely can have fruit pizza, right? So let's let's be real, let's let's be realist here. But if I had to make a decision, I think it's a, probably Satan and should be abolished. <laughs> I would agree with that the phrase dessert I, I pizza. Play, I can play devil's advocate, you know. I still wouldn't ever eat it on a pizza, but you know, it's worse things like the phrase dessert pizza makes me want to vomit. <laughs> if you put anything remotely sweet i'm talking fruit anything on my pizza i will throw it in your fucking face what about barbecue sauce oh i do like barbecue sauce it has sweet. to be it's fruity and sweet if it's not fruit and it's not sweet it is actually made with fruit and it has actually got sugar in it oh you're fucking up everything tomatoes, now i can't have tomatoes, barbecue tomatoes, sauce tomatoes on a are fruit Tomatoes are fruit, don't forget. But no, no, just just no. <laughs> and Daz, we had this discussion with him, and then he sent me the next day, he'd been to Domino's, and he'd ordered a double pineapple pizza, and he sent me a picture of it. And I was like, you oh, fucking animal. That's that, love, that level of petty, I, I appreciate that. And, and he that. posted it on Twitter as well. I was like, oh, I respect. I respect that. So, number three. Package holidays. Gift or curse? Hmm. Okay, so I'm going to be a devil's advocate again here. I think a package holiday can be really good for people with disabilities. See, imagine if you had visual impairments, uh, of uh, anxiety, PTSD, things like that. You know everything's been taken care of kind of thing. Mm. So there is an element of that I can acknowledge. It's quite accessible. So there is that. Other side of that, you don't actually experience the real side of that country that you're traveling to. That's Because as I said, I've been to... France, Italy, America, 
Oh, that's right, Ben. Whatever, that'll do for now. But, and I went on my own. Never been before. I went to America when I was 16 by myself. Wow. <laughs> I saved up some money from a job and I thought, I want to go to America. I wish I went when I was older. Eh, lesson learned. But when I was there, Michael Jackson died. That is a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> it was you. It was a coincidence. I was, but yeah, but it, it's kind of mad. It's like, they would say like, oh, where were you when MJ died? I was like, I was in America. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I would say, yeah, like, so pa package holidays can be accessible. And I think that can be a good thing, you know, because not every country is very disabled aware, you know, or has the infrastructure. Like in the, you go to a UK, there's a lot of like disability awareness and lifts, mm. ramps, things like that. In America, somewhat, you know, I know Italy, none. <laughs> like, See, as someone with kids, package holidays sound very good because I don't have to worry about anything. It's like, it's all done. Exactly. All I have to worry about is keeping my children alive. Everything yeah, else, yeah. done. If I was traveling on my own, I'd rather go and like explore. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Number four, true crime documentaries, gift or curse. Hmm. Okay, so I think they're good to learn like kind of like the if they're truthful or not and then and there's no exaggerations or embellishments put on them you know mm. looking at you the night crawler the night stalker <laughs> yeah it was night stalker dharma those things they were just they just fetishized them yeah and they made them into be these ideal ideal people and mm. you know they made it in a way like oh you agree if you agree with them yeah right and like no i don't agree fundamentally with these fucking people yes they can say things that are correct doesn't yeah. mean they're right <laughs> the worst thing is when i saw people dressing their kids up as in for halloween yeah right now i love a dark joke we, you know we we do we, we we have our dark jokes we like our we dark do. jokes we do but, that's but, a step too far but it's just ignorant you're being deliberately willfully ignorant you yeah. are ignoring a serious thing and making light of it now mm -hmm. making light of things can be fine but you need to give it the respect it fucking deserves. Like you yeah. need to respect what it is and don't try to pretend it's anything other than just absolutely horror. <laughs> you know, like I agree. Abject horror. Hmm. So <laughs> the last thing on my list is a recurring one that I've asked all of my guests, okay. including the bangers and mosh guys. They were the guests on my first ever episode. Okay. Um, and my mum, who's also been a guest on this. Flavoured condoms, gift or curse. That's so random. That is so random. Okay. You're welcome. What about what about a pineapple flavoured condom? <laughs> Fruit on condoms? Yes. On my okay, pizza. Right. So, so fuck we, off. We can have we can have condoms with fruit on them. Not on them, but you know what I mean? Embedded <laughs> in them. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, was thinking, I was like, I've just put a strawberry on the end of it for you. It's a little treat. <laughs> oh, the images. Oh, boy. It's a, it's a banana. It's a pear. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, um, okay, okay. So not everyone likes oral. That's a reality. Uh, most women pretend to like it because they think men like it. Just, honestly. Like, well, I can't speak for women, but that, from my experience, like most women don't tend to. Mm -hmm. yeah. Fair enough. Like, yeah, it makes him happy. I, I, I couldn't care, you know. Sort of thing. Some women love it because they're goblins, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I, I could see that it would make it more pleasant because you know they don't taste very nice. 
Yeah, I just, I get that point, and that is a fair point. But I just think, as a 31-year-old woman, if a guy pulls out, like, a strawberry-flavored condom, I'm going to be like... You look at them... Wait, 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 so no, so we're not talking about what they were intended for. We're talking about, like, a general-use condom. So someone that goes, they've they've hooked up with someone, they, whip, they whipped out a, I don't know, juniper berry fucking... <laughs> You know, exactly you, you look and go really yeah I'm like, <laughs> like how old are you and out of all the ones you chose you went for the for the sexual education condom yeah i'll get my coat yeah i'll, get, I'll get my coat goodbye <laughs> yeah, that's i mean that's weird i do think flavor condoms are weird generally because i feel like who are they who are they uh, appealing to like yeah the weirdest you know? one i've seen is bacon flavored ones I mean, I get that. I understand that. You know, you're mid-sesh, but you fancy the reminiscence of bacon. Um, and you're not getting it from your current intimate partner. And everyone mostly likes bacon, unless you're vegetarian or vegan. But even then, bacon flavor things are still good. I get it. You know, like, have you ever have you ever eaten food during sex before? Everyone has. How good does that? You're so satisfied with yourself. Like, you're just like, <laughs> this is great. I can multitask. Never bacon, <laughs> never bacon, but it could be. This could be, but if you have a bacon flavored condom, you oh, you can't, I suppose you can't eat it, can you? I suppose that can I just you think... imagine, can you imagine you just pull it off and just start chewing on it? And they're like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the look on their face, <laughs> like, what would you rather me do it while it's on? Like, what do you want here? Like, fancy bacon. Oh, that's amazing. No, I think the worst one I've seen are Tabasco, they make condoms. Why? Exactly. <laughs> okay, I've, I've, right. So as a man, I'm not sure if you've ever done this, but I've ended up accidentally out of habit, habitual kind of conditioning, touching my penis in some form or another after handling chilies. Ouch. Scotch bonnets, scotch bonnets, things like that, you know, really hot, hot, fairly hot chilies. And you know, the, the, the original source shower gel mint one that everybody's notoriously experienced at some point. Mm -hmm. Times thousand. Okay. A thousand that. <laughs> See, so, why would you want to deliberately do that to yourself? Like, well, it wouldn't be that bad, but Tabasco is quite hot. I That's don't crazy. know. It's, it's crazy. It's I don't know. And that original sauce, mint. I know. I used to. I I love that shit. I know. It's yeah. Great. It's fantastic. You but I don't know if you life. know this, but I do not have a penis, so I've never experienced that. But I have heard from other penis owners. That that is not women, a fun experience. Women can experience the same thing, but they've just got to deliberately do it themselves. Yeah, and I have, funnily enough, <sighs> never done that. <laughs> yes, I think most of the women that I know have experienced that have literally screamed and just like so. Yeah, yeah. Nah. Well, that was an interesting conversation. <laughs> That's why I put that question in there because it makes I, it makes people go what. Well, I can talk about anything, anything like, and you know, I've all got an opinion on everything apparently. <laughs> well, that's good. You're a great guest to have because you talk. The I'm... worst is people who don't talk and it's like getting blood out of a stone. Oh, you just have to give me hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Karen. <laughs> like, Hi, I've been great today. You know what I did? I'm like, I'm gone. <laughs> Literally every interview I've ever had, all the people that have interviewed me, if any of them have listened to this will confirm it. They literally just have to give me one topic and I'm gone. <laughs> Especially after a gig. If it's a post-gig interview, my adrenaline, I'm just... Mm. 
but this is me calm well this this has been great um so when are you coming to denmark i want dates and times <sighs> see denmark so what we want to do is do kind of like a scandy tour you know not, oh, not denmark yeah. technically isn't scandinavia but i know that but still I, I, I kind of want to come around that area and go to see if we can do that because we've got european like merch distribution now as you know so we would be able to get our stuff printed there mm -hmm. and rather than brexit taxing absolutely everything when we go yeah. over there which is a huge like back back pull it's like ugh. so ideally we'd like to hit sweden denmark finland uh norway just do boop, 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 you know just kind of hit all those areas maybe hit germany on the way back down and france who knows but ideally in an ideal world so with so with denmark i think definitely on the table i think denmark finland that'd be sick i'd, I'd absolutely love that like i've got some friends in finland as well so Oh, I'd be amazing. But if we do, it'll be next year, hopefully. Hopefully. Like this year, we have a couple of gigs planned, but they'll be in the UK and they, they are debut shows, which is very cool. Oh, very exciting. One of, the, one of them is booked in with a band that you like very much as well. So, can't say. Well, now you have to tell me. Can't, no. It's, it's secret. It's not you DM secret. me and we're done and you tell me. I can, I can tell you, yeah, yeah. Great, awesome. <laughs> but yeah, well... I will wrap things up. Thank you so much for being it's my okay. guest today. Ah, thank you for having me on. This has been great. I wish I, I want to do more kind of podcasty stuff. I love talking about stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, you Bye. should just tweet and people will come running. Hey, bangers and mosh. That's what I should be on next, I think. Yes. Yes. I will DM Jimmy. You DM Jimmy and be like, oi. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I can, to be fair. I was waiting for him to message me and be like, right, I've heard the album. Let's talk about it, sort of thing. I will prod him and be like, oi. <laughs> Oi. Oi. Just you, you just become our manager. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll quit my job and everything. But yeah, we'll see. But yeah, honestly, thank you for having me. It's been great. I've enjoyed this. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a laugh. Um yeah. Thank you very yes. much. See you soon. <laughs>